Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Welcome back to the podcast, you all. My name is Tim Connor. I teach golf all day, every day, and this is my platform to rant, rave, and talk about golf instruction. Uh, I hope you have some fun, and I hope you pick something up along the way. Find some value with this thing. Subscribe wherever you're listening to it. Share it with a friend. Share it with a slicer in your group. We all have one. We all have a friend. Need to get by with a little help from our friends. That old song. Today is going to be a little two-parter, a little two-part series, a little course management talk. I think course management, to me, I find to be very interesting because it's one of the ways you can get better at golf without actually getting better at golf. I guess a better way to put it is you could shoot lower scores without having to physically do anything different tomorrow. It's kind of that low-hanging fruit, if you will. So I find it to be interesting that way. Now, my little caveat for this is if you are trying to play better golf and your contact is really poor, you have very little to no control of your direction, This that is probably the thing you should be focused on. You want to have decent contact, you want to have decent control of your direction, be able to advance the ball kind of where you're looking, and then course management becomes really, really much more important, exponentially more important because your decisions matter. If you're standing over the ball and you don't know if it's going to go right, left, or in between, uh, it's hard to, I mean, course management, it's kind of putting the cart in front of the horse. Okay. Now, if you do kind of have some idea where your golf ball is going, or you just kind of want to have some knowledge about how to work your way around the golf course, this is your podcast today. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Um, let's talk about tournament golf because really that is kind of the the top tier of golf or, or where you want to perform and play your best. Often a person is like, hey, I don't play the same in tournaments as I do in practice. I don't hit it the same on the range as I do on the golf course. Here's something I want you to understand about that. The reason that doesn't happen is because you don't practice the way you want to play you haven't elevated your practice experience to a point at which you are feeling what's going on when you're playing in a tournament. So it's important while you practice. Two things are important. One, you have a pre-shot routine that's like clockwork. If you want to play your best golf, you need a pre-shot routine. Your pre-shot routine primes your central nervous system to perform or play at your best. It is your brain's reminder to go do the thing that you intended to do. So develop a pre-shot routine. If you don't have one, I recommend one or two practice swings. Okay, I recommend picking out a target and then one or two practice swings and then stepping into the ball and hitting your shot. Couple waggles, whatever, you can make it yours, make it your own. If you have no idea where to start, just copy some tour player that doesn't take forever. Most of them are pretty brisk with how they play, but a few of them get a little long-winded. So develop that pre-shot routine because your pre-shot routine is the thing that's going to give your brain comfort when you show up to the golf course. Okay? Um, Pre-shot routine is very important. Elevating your practice experience so it feels more like your round is very important. Oftentimes, you're very lackadaisical when you're practicing. And then you go to play and you're not lackadaisical. So I want you to mimic that feeling when you play and try to implement that into your practice. Trick yourself into thinking your practice is more meaningful than it, than it is. 
because that is how you will bring your course from the range. Yeah, that's how you will bring your game from the range to the course. Okay? That is something that if you took nothing else away from this, if you did that, I think you would find yourself head and shoulders above the foursome that you likely play with. Because as you progress with the game of golf, it, be it becomes more and more what's in between your ears and how you use your physical skill set and how you manage it with that six inches in between your ears. So bridging that gap. Now here's the best practice. You want to practice like you play? Put a little something on the line while you're practicing. All right? Maybe that's um, a beer with your friends. Maybe that's uh, a dollar bet. Something you can afford to lose, but also something that makes you um, trick to keep your practice more uh, meaningful. All right? I, uh, I think that that's a big deal. And a lot of times these little things are the little things that actually add up to the big things. Do a little thing here, a little thing there, a little thing here, a little thing there. All of a sudden, all those little things are like a couple strokes off your handicap. Maybe now instead of losing or getting first, second, third place in your flight, maybe you are winning your flight or taking that next step in your game. It's all stuff to consider because... Once you've built a game, it's important that we learn how to carry that game to the golf course. Kind of crazy that we're this far along today in this podcast and we haven't even made our way to the course. Something to this stuff, right? That's why I, um, that's why I never run out of material to talk about with golf. Because golf is, you never win golf. It's infinitely, it will infinitely keep you busy if you want it to. There's always something to learn, something to progress with. And uh, there's just many layers to this process. And I hope you're enjoying that, by the way. I had a student come in the other day and they were frustrated. And they were frustrated with their recent score. They had shot like a 92 and they wanted to play better than that. And I get that. It's understandable. If your happiness on the golf course is dictated by your golf score, probably should reconsider why you're out there. Because you're not going to play your best every time you show up. Often you won't. So there should be other things that bring you to the course, playing with your friends, learning something new, having exercise, good social environment to hang out and uh, maybe have a cold one with your friends. All good reasons to be out on the course that don't require you shooting your best scores. It's important to be realistic and it's important that these, these, these little mindset things are the things that will kind of put you in the front of that pack. Um, they're important, they're important to me. We're almost to the golf course, but we're not there yet because we want to practice like we play. Chipping and putting, that's a big deal. That's 50% of your score always. If a person's going to shoot 80, they're going to play 50% of their strokes within side 50 yards of the hole. That includes putting, chipping, pitching. So before you go out, you need to roll some balls on the practice screen. That's not a should, it's a must. Unless you're just going to play willy-nilly, that's fine. I'm guilty of it. Like Some days, it's just fun to go play golf, and that's cool. But if you want to play your best, go roll some balls on the practice green, even if it's 6 or 12. You're, and your job at this point is to do two things. It's to, it's to, number one, establish a feel for the greens that day. 
How fast are they? How quick are they rolling? What is the speed that you're playing on? Um, figure that out. And then get some confidence making short putts. One, two, three footers, four footers. Make a few of those. Hear the ball go in the hole. See it go in the hole. Build some confidence that you can line your putter up and knock it in down the target line. Now, chipping and pitching, I would also say that it's preferable that you do some of it. If there was one thing you couldn't do and it was chipping and pitching, I guess fine. But ideally, hit a couple pitches, hit a couple chips, hit a couple pitches, and just you're all you're trying to do at this stage is just get a feel for what the club feels like in your hands to get down to the ground to hit the spot that you intend and just building some confidence and some muscle memory that you can take with you to the golf course that day. The other thing I love about chipping and pitching as a side note is while you're chipping and pitching, you are actually working on your impact fundamentals. Think about that for a second. So while you're chipping and pitching, you are working on how to hit the golf ball successfully, how to create a downstrike on the back of the ball, how to interact with the turf the way you want to interact with it, how to pick out targets, how to pick out landing spots, how to develop pre-shot routine. All of these things can be done with chipping and pitching. So if you want a, a, a large return on your time for your practice time, go hang out and chip and pitch. That stuff really helps a lot. That's your little, uh, that's your little pro tip. I hate those things. There's no, no such thing as a magic pill, all right? Do the work, plan your work, work your plan. That stuff adds up. Now, we haven't even made it to the golf course. It's kind of wild. I didn't, I didn't actually plan to not get you to the golf course during part one, but here we are. We got to wrap up part one here. Let's call it. And uh, we're going to take part two to the course and talk about how to use the things that we just built to make better decisions and manage our way around the golf course in a way that we can be successful and make the most of our skill set. Anyway, you all, signing off today. Subscribe, leave this thing a review, share it with a friend. Yeah, I will catch you back here. Same time, same place next week for part two. Uh, how to manage your way around the golf course.